with How are you guys doing? Doing great. How are y'all doing? I'm excited Good. about this. Good, yeah. And I see Sean on here, man. Sean, it was nice meeting you last night, finally. He's the sovereign guy on there. Oh, yeah. 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 It's my understanding you guys will be on another show at the top of the hour, right? So we'll make sure and get all this done within within an hour. So. I mean, that's fine getting it done within an hour, but I, I don't know if we are on another show. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I was well, we're not to... on another one. I just didn't want it to go during Sean's. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we'll, if if we don't get to everything within an hour, we'll have a encore if you guys are up for All it. Right. So. All right, sounds good. I guess we'll I guess we'll go ahead and get started and um, see where we go. And I just want to address the audience for a moment. Um, you know, thanks for joining us. If you want to, as, as we kind of get into the conversation, if you've got questions, comments, that type of thing, uh, please just put your hand up, and we'll. We'll bring you up. So, um, Justin, you know, maybe we start with you. I'm just now getting to know you guys. So I tried to do a little bit of research. I just know that you're doing some pretty amazing things in in the Bitcoin mining space, you know, with um, with um, flare gas and stuff like that. You know, I have participated mostly as a listener in, in a lot of these other spaces where you know, all things Bitcoin mining. So it certainly excites me. So either one of you guys want to give us maybe a little of an introduction to um, JAI Energy and and let us know what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah, like you said, we're with J Energy. Um, Ryan and I both, and I'll let him handle his introduction, but uh, (laughs) we both come from the oil and gas space. And uh, we we had worked together at Anadarko Petroleum early in our careers. Uh, I left in 2016 and and went over to uh, a private operator, Indigo Minerals. We drilled a bunch of really big gas wells down in Haynesville. And uh, then I, you know, I bounced around some different private equity shops that I'd helped raise money to start. And uh, Ryan and I kind of reconnected um, as business partners at uh, Century Oil and Gas, where uh, we'd raised some money with a private equity shop and, and started a Powder River Basin focused exploration and production company. And uh, we, we ended up growing quite a bit there and became one of the largest operators in Wyoming uh, from an acreage standpoint, from a well count standpoint. And so, uh, you know, we, I'll let Ryan talk about what really led to us deciding to do this on a much larger scale. But as you mentioned, uh, Shane, one, one thing that we usually try to point out to folks is uh, flare gas is a great, source for mining bitcoin um however we wanted to go on a much larger scale so while we do offer uh well site flare mitigation products we wanted to scale up as a mining group and and the only way to do that on natural gas really in our mind was to do it by uh, entering agreements with midstream company and building a large-scale facility where uh, we can continue to add on uh, additional miners and and build our hash rate uh, with a consistent, steady flow of processed gas. And so um, Ryan and I, being friends for so long and, and having worked together uh, for, at so many different places and realizing that we kind of complement each other and what we do, I'm an attorney by background and, you know, obviously worked on kind of the more legal side. And Ryan, uh, as he'll tell you, he's, a, he's the best petroleum engineer I've ever worked with. So 
um, he had a lot of the operational experience. And when we really just kind of saw the potential to do what we think you can do with natural gas and off-grid mining, we were successful enough to raise a little bit of money and uh, from some private individuals and some families in Wyoming and, and start building out a site. And so that's kind of where we're at today. And we're, we're about 146,000 uh, terahash and hoping to continue climbing. And we're now kind of expanding into Texas where we've secured about 140 megawatts of on-grid mining. But I know that the topic here is off-grid, so I think we'll probably focus on well, that. Well, I, I just... I just want to say one thing. You just, you just, um, you know, got a place in my heart to say you're in Texas because I'm from Texas. Oh, yeah. So I, I want to talk a little bit about that at some point since I'm the oh, co host. Yeah. Maybe we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm in Texas yeah. as well. So our okay. site and Ryan is in, is in Wyoming. But because we're so focused on dealing with oil and gas companies, it really made sense for me to stay here. And, uh, Sure. And that, and my wife was not going to let me move. So, are you uh, just real quick? Are you going to? Are you guys going to be, or some of y'all going to be at the Bitcoin mining conference that's coming up? Uh, in, so, are you Round Rock? Round Rock? Yeah. So, I actually I was asked about it last night, and I'm going to be in. Well, Ryan and I both are going to be in DC that week. Okay. So, unfortunately, we're not going to be there, but um, we'll be. At, uh, we're going to be at consensus 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 2022. And, uh, you know, we're, I'm over there all the time. So I'd, I'd love to meet you guys at some point. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that the next time we have something like that going on, I'm going to schedule these trips a little bit differently. I understand. Well, thanks for that introduction, Ryan. It, it, you know, Justin, we're going to get into a lot of other things. If that's kind of your introduction, then, Ryan, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Sounds like you're in Wyoming. Looks like Ryan fell off the stage. Okay, yeah, he did. Sorry. Um, I can bring him back up. Ryan, I, if you if you can yeah, hear Ryan, us, I sent you an invite. Ryan, he's got a so – shows him as a listener now. I wonder if he had to call back in. Oh, there he no. is. Yeah, back in. He's, he's coming back up. Yeah, sorry, guys. I keep losing the audio and having to keep jumping off and jump back in. Trust me, we all can sympathize because, yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> But thanks for joining us. Yeah, no worries. I'm out in the country a little bit in Wyoming, so I don't always have the best service. But uh, I, yeah, I live in the country in Texas, where, so I think I'll be exactly the same. <laughs> I live outside of the Fort Worth, Dallas Fort Worth area. Oh, okay. So Justin mentioned he's in Texas. Well, um, Texas is kind of where I got my start as well. I, I lived there for over a decade. Um, but as you know, just as an introduction myself, so uh, I actually grew up on the Alberta-Saskatchewan border in a small farming oil field town just south of Lloydminster, um, town of about 2,000 people. Uh, my my dad was in oil and gas and on, on the service side of the industry, and I uh, went to school for petroleum engineering. I finished my degree at um, Montana Tech, which is what brought me to the United States in 2008, and I've been here since. And so I went from Montana, I was there for two years, and then uh, went to Texas. I lived in um, South Texas. I, I lived in Uvalde for uh, a couple of years. Um, so I got to spend a lot of time in Concan and on the Frio and everything. I was working the, the Eagleford before the Eagleford in South Texas uh, really blew up. And then, um, like I said, petroleum engineer by background, so I've always been on the mostly on the completions, production facilities side of things. And... Uh, Started working in West Texas. Justin and I were at uh, Anadarko Petroleum together. Um, started doing Anadarko's Delaware Basin 
um, wolf camp exploration wells. So it was pretty fun being out there before um, the Delaware Basin really took off. We're doing some of the very first wells out there. And then from there, I ended up moving to Austin and worked for Parsley Energy for a couple of years. So I lived, lived there before it was, uh, you know, more so cool to be there on the Bitcoin scene. And uh, like Justin mentioned in 20, when was it? I guess early 2019 is when I moved to Wyoming is when uh, we partnered back up after we had worked together at Anadarko. Partnered back up at Central Oil and Gas. I moved up here to handle all the day-to-day operations for our, our oil company here. And um, how we got into Bitcoin mining was we had actually drilled an exploration well in the Powder River Basin um, and on the eastern flanks of the basin. So if you, you work your way into eastern Wyoming, you actually, our well was about 55 miles or so from Mount Rushmore. So um, as the crow flies. So it actually, wow. um, very close to South Dakota. So just to give you a kind of references to where is that um, very remote area we we're trying to you know think about exploration wells is you're trying to prove a position um, so typically when you're trying to prove a position that means there's not a lot of infrastructure in place in those areas whereas you know when you get into development mode as an oil company you're drilling wells that you know you can put to sales whether that be you know sending your oil down a pipeline or sending your natural gas down a pipeline but this particular area um, all of our produced water we had a truck out all of our produced oil we had a truck out and then we were looking for what we could do with our natural gas that we were producing. And the thing about exploration wells too, is that you need to see data before you can commit to spending any more money in that area, because you need to ensure that, you know, your capital you've already put to use, you know, it, there's actually you know prospectivity in that area again. And so we're sitting back kind of watching this well results and we're, we're flaring our natural gas. But the thing about Wyoming is that you can actually only flare, um, for a certain amount of time, um, over 60 MCF a day, which is the, the standard, basically unit volume of natural gas, which is thousand cubic feet. And we were coming up onto our clock of where, you know, we approach this date, that's our flaring extension date. Once we hit that, we have to be under 60 MCF and we were flaring more than that. So we were requiring our well to produce on one hand to get the data from it and obviously to earn revenues from our oil production. And then on the other hand, we've got, you know, coming up onto this clock where it doesn't make sense for us yet to spend even more capital to build a pipeline out to this area because it's so remote and the cost would be very prohibitive to the economics. And so it's just, you know, in 2019, we started looking for solutions as to what can we do with our natural gas so we can keep our well producing. And that's what led us to Bitcoin mining um, in 2019. And, you know, obviously through 2019, all of 2020, we were still at Century Oil and Gas. Justin obviously handling all the land and legal operations of the company. And I was handling all the day-to-day, you know, production operations for the company. And that's when we just started talking more and more about, obviously, COVID hit and all the monetary response that different governments had and everything that was happening. And we started talking more and more about Bitcoin and fast forward to officially april 1st of last year was the official start date of of j energy but uh um yeah so it was not a it was not a good april fool joke for uh my family they they didn't were not too excited about it (laughs) well there's so many questions that i have one that i'm curious about if i can ask and and ryan if you're not through with kind of like your introduction i'm done (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's it's great. Don't get me wrong. I just want to weave it all in. I, I'm literally questions are coming to me in real time as well, but I've written some down. I'm just curious if you guys were already 
into Bitcoin, you know, as a yeah. a lot of us like to call it savings technology used in investment. I don't care which word you use, but were, yeah. were, you, were you guys already sold on Bitcoin before you started mining it or was that yeah. a discovery I, process? I, I was I, I started I bought my first Bitcoin in 2014. And uh, so, so I'd always been, you know, intrigued by it and, and interested in it. And I actually had been interested in the mining side of it for a while, but just, you know, I'm. I'm a, I'm an attorney, right? And we can dig down into stuff. I am not an engineer. And I if you're going to raise money to do something on a large scale, you got to have a guy like Ryan that is just he can break things down and boil it down in a way that uh when you're putting it in front of people to show them why they need to put their money into something like this, um he, he could do that. I couldn't do it. I could just tell him how much Bitcoin is is how much I love it. And that it's going to end up taking over the the financial economies of the world one day. But if you don't have anything on paper to be able to show them why you believe that or break it down in a way that makes sense to them, especially because most people invest in us came from the oil and gas space, they're not going to uh, be real inclined to give you multiple millions of dollars to get something built up uh, like we did. So. Ryan, Ryan was the catalyst and the key to, to getting to do that. But yeah, I've, I've been in investing into Bitcoin for, you know, past seven, eight years. But, you know, you yeah. mentioned, yeah, Ryan, go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah. And uh, from my perspective, man, I lived and breathed oil and gas. That was it. And, you know, the, the idea of, you know, all basically it was for me was looking for a way to keep my oil production online and you know looked at the technology and how it would work and i was like yeah this this works for me and it wasn't until we got that up and running and even at the initial part of it i could we had the bitcoin mine on our site i honestly you know was out there almost every single day and still could have carried less i'm looking at the flow meter seeing my oil production and what's going to sales and for me it was the real catalyst um so i'm a you know late bloomer to it the real catalyst was um, like I had mentioned kind of earlier, the you know government's response to to what was happening with COVID and printing money, and um, just realizing that you know as you know someone with a any amount of savings account that there's no way that this can end well, and just that's what led me to it was what can I do to to protect myself, my family, and you know our financial security, and you know it's all we already had a Bitcoin mine running, and that's what it that's what spurred me to you know, really go down that rabbit hole. So, um, yeah, I love you know, obviously it. Justin brought it up a lot more to me and it was more so just like, yeah, man, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm out, I'm out every day here, keeping our oil online. That's, that's really all I care about. Hey, I'm going to take credit for orange pill them, Jane. There you go. Okay. <laughs> well, Hey, I, I'm, I'm just curious again. Um, I, I'm trying to ask questions and then again, we'll get to a point where people raise their hands and want the audience to also be able to ask, but you know, I'm, when most of us that have you know been studying the narrative of the, some of the bigger um, mining organizations, you know we know that they're keeping more of their Bitcoin than they ever have um, in the past because of uh, cost of capital is much lower, so forth and so on. I'm just curious if you what, at least what part of that you can share with us re- with regards to retaining your Bitcoin, you know those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, we we want to hold as much as possible. Um, we obviously have operating expenses that we have to. 
uh, cover, and that requires us most of the time to have to cash in Bitcoin, um, you know, and, and, and use fiat to pay our bills. But uh, for the most part, we want to hold as much as possible. Um, we are implementing kind of a strategy at certain times at all-time highs. We may want to uh, take advantage of, you know, selling some, anticipating a little bit of pullback just for natural market movement. But for the most part, our goal is to hold as much Bitcoin as possible, especially right now. Um, obviously, we, I think we all realize there's a lot of running room up at this point. And uh, so, yeah, w- ideally, we will hold as much as possible. That's great. I'm, I'm also curious about your, you know, you mentioned that you're, you're obviously in Wyoming. You mentioned that you've got um, some on-grid stuff in Texas. I'm curious what your, this is a two-pronged kind of question. I'm curious what your growth strategy is. And you mentioned investors. I know at least for me, I, I think I speak for a lot of people in Bitcoin. You know, there's always this, or for a lot of people, I think there's at least this itch to get in to mining mm-hmm. and and arguably home mining is cool if you just want to be a part of it but you know let's be real you can't necessarily make a lot of money yes it's a great way to get kyc free but i know for myself i'm like if i could just get a couple of three machines and obviously work with someone some organization whatever i mean do you have any i i'm curious to know your growth strategy how maybe just regular people could either invest or participate in one way or another in what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right now we're, um, you know, there's, there's really two levels to our, or two divisions within our company. One, we're a self miner, obviously we've got our own sites that we set up and, you know, we deploy our capital into and put our, our containers that we custom build. So we've got a fabrication division in Casper, Wyoming, that we custom build all of our containers. Um, so one, we are a self miner where we're trying to find the, the best sites that we can, find you know and to build on and then these the other division within the organization is really a service sector a service model and so you know we're, we're out educating and advocating for bitcoin use within the oil and gas space and what we've kind of found was just that um when people thought oil and gas and bitcoin the only thought that came to people's mind was flare gas and i think for the most part that's still 99 percent of what people think um what we kind of realize real quickly us being oil and gas guys and not to take anything away from Justin, but just myself being an, an operations guy and being on sites every single day um, for my whole career is that there's extreme underutilization within the oil and gas industry of existing power infrastructure. And that was really, you know, the catalyst for our secondary division where we, you know, educate oil and gas companies, midstream groups on the assets that they're sitting on and basically say like, look, it's a, very asymmetrical risk appetite for you to utilize, you know, underutilized power generation that you already have and trying to teach them on all of the different ways that you could do that and how you can basically add additional revenue to your company with assets that you already own. So you work, do you typically in those instances work on some kind of, I'll just use the term profit sharing uh, structure where you basically like, you don't need to do anything, but give us the freedom to do, do what we need to do. And, and then they share in some of the profits. Yeah. I mean, for the most part. Yes. And like Ryan said, we are working with a lot of oil and gas companies to try to help them understand what they have in their por- portfolio existing currently that you can kind of start generating revenue off of. And 
most of those projects are already sunk capital costs that, you know, yes, you'll have to go buy miners and all that, put them on there, but uh, we'll run that whole thing for you. you. You are putting the capital and we will manage it for you. We'll operate it for you. And yeah, we take a management fee, which basically how it's calculated is gener- generally a profit share. So um, yeah, that you that is a very much what, what we do with a lot of different groups. And like yeah. I said, we also have our self-mining operations. Um, and what we're going to be doing in West Texas on grid there is we're going to be uh, teaming up with a very large group, uh, mining group, and uh, developing that, that asset out together. Um, we're, we've really had a lot of success structuring things very much like you do in oil and gas, where you can do farm outs, joint ventures, things like that, and have a working interest, non-op working interest type of relationship. Um, so we're really kind of covering the game. And I, and I do think we're bringing a lot of the oil and gas kind of business model to uh, Bitcoin and because they're very similar. They're very, very similar. And so uh, I usually say it like this is in oil and gas, we got a well bore and uh, we're producing hydrocarbons and we're trying to be the lowest cost operator to produce a barrel of oil. In Bitcoin, it's the exact same thing. Instead of a well bore, you got an ASIC, and instead of producing hydrocarbons, you're producing terahash. And instead of selling the hydrocarbons for cash, you're selling uh, terahash for Bitcoin. But you have the same goal, and that is to be the lowest cost operator to produce. In one case, a barrel, and in one case, the other case, a Bitcoin. So uh, very similar business models, and and so it gives us a lot of. Uh, we have. I think we've got a lot of experience doing those type of deals that translates very well to this arena. And it's probably had a lot to do with why we've been able to kind of get up up and off the ground and bring people in that want to invest in a way where they can get, you know, exposure to the mining side um, and, but not have to take care of it operationally. But to answer the second part of your question about individuals um, yeah. at this time, we're not like hosting you know, single unit rack space, yeah. um, maybe sometime in the future, but at this time we're not, uh, we've got every, every rack that we have on every site, we've got a hundred percent full. Right. That makes sense. So, um, uh, another thing that, and it may, it may sound like a, uh, interesting question and I hope not in some ways, you know, I think the other thing that I've discovered now being in this space for a while is there's, you know, a lot of people get orange pilled in Bitcoin and they're like, OK, I want to do this for a living. So, I mean, are you guys hiring? We actually just hired a guy a couple months ago, two or three months ago, um, who is our operations supervisor is at our site. Um, we're not hiring anyone else at the moment, but Ryan's been kicking around some ideas on possibly bringing in like a, a night shift guy uh, for out at the site. But we do think once we get uh, kind of these things tied up in West Texas, we're going to be on a much bigger scale mining size. And uh, th- there's potential for us to start needing to build out the team a little bit more to kind of cover some more areas. Uh, even even on like the executive or management level, um, I do think we're not too far from needing some help on that side. That's awesome. Well, I, I would just, recommend if you guys get to the point where you're doing that and want a broader exposure and you may already know about it, but there's a bitcoinersjobs.com might, you know, post your stuff out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That started up not too long ago, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that 
Corey Clipston and and is really one great. of the guys behind that. And I, I know there are others, but anyway, it, it's a really good site. But um, yeah, I, I think that's great. I think it, I mean that's what's really exciting about this whole industry is that you see how kind of sparks. And I'm not my dog. I'm sorry. Gosh. No there's a, there's a lot of room for new. Hold on one sec. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, sure. no problem. You guys are experiencing what I deal with every day. Yeah, I know. My bad. So, um, but this whole industry, there's a lot of room for new uh, products coming in. And really, like, there's a lot of room for entrepreneurs to really be creative and get to build something that's exciting and, uh, and, and different and needs to be in the industry. I just had a visit with another group that's developing a a mining insurance product that they're going to start, you know, obviously targeting miners to help them on the, insurance side and i know that's a desperately needed uh product to create some competition and and really start helping miners protect themselves um so yeah i think there's uh, there's going to be a ton of stuff coming to the market and and uh and there's an ample opportunity for people that are currently outside looking for a way to get in to come up with some ideas on how they you know what can they do what can they start and how can they take some of their knowledge in the bitcoin world and turn it into a career I mean, it's honestly what Ryan and I have done for us is let's go try to be miners. And, uh, and you know, we did the research and, and meet the right people and figure it out and get after it and just make we, the jump. Yeah. You know, Which you I can tell you is scary as hell. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. When, all, when all you know is oil and gas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've had a history of a bunch of different industries. All right. I worked for Congress for a couple of years. I worked, I was a high school basketball coach. I, uh, yeah, you know, I worked for the district attorney's office for a little while. Like I've I've been kind of all over the place, and uh, so it wasn't as probably scary for me to just make a jump. Now my wife uh, was probably not the most excited about you know me jumping into a Bitcoin mining company, but uh, but you know it's it's just something that it's you, you got to make the jump when you feel the time's right, and nobody's gonna know when that is except you, and so. Uh, you know, you just can't be scared and, and get after it and go take a chance. Absolutely. Well, I have a kind of related question, I would say. Do you, um, you mentioned ASICs, and I think I saw on your website that you might have mentioned on your website that you guys have your, like, some direct capability. I mean, you, when you go to these um, oil and gas companies and, and work with them, do you also facilitate the acquisition of the ASICs? I yeah, we do. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll help procure them for them. Uh, we worked with multiple different groups on that to, you know, uh, as to who we work through to get them. But yeah, we, uh, we'll take care of basically everything. So if an, an oil company say wants to, wants to build something on one of the projects that they've got, you know, we'll, we'll design it. We'll fabricate it in Casper. We'll make sure to get the ASICs in for them. We will set it out on site, get everything up and running, and then we can handle nothing going forward after that, or we can handle the day-to-day operations, the surveillance, the monitoring, maintenance, repairs, custody, handling, pools. We can handle everything for them. So it's, it's as much as much help as they want, basically, we what, can offer. Yeah. What would you say, the, generally speaking, the breakdown is of those that want you to handle everything for them versus just getting it going. And then they take it from there. I'm just curious. It, it really depends in my opinion. And this is not a knock to anyone or, 
like an ageism thing, but it really comes down to like the age demographics of the company that we're working with, in my opinion. Um, that, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I, yeah I, I would totally agree with that. And, and that's what's funny about the uh, uh, Shane. Do you have any experience from oil and gas? No, you would think since I live in Texas that I would, but I'm a supplier. Yeah, that's what I was guy. wondering. So my, my 25 years of, of work experience, if you will, is more in the IT area, of, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, yeah, not not well, so much in oil and gas other than doing projects at Halliburton and stuff like yeah. that. But, well, the reason I ask is just so everybody understands, like the oil and gas industry um, for a long time was really dominated by, you know, older folks. And uh, there is kind of a transition going on right now between a lot of companies where you're kind of having this due to the, the cyclical nature of oil and gas. And they're kind of longer term cycles than, than Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin goes through cycles that are basically these four year cycles of, you know, a bull, bull time and bearish time. And it, you base it off the having oil and gas. You can get in longer term cycles and you have super cycles and all that on the commodity price. But because of so many downturns, like in the 80s, you had this huge gap in the demographic between leadership at companies where you had, you know, 60, 70 year olds running everything. And then you didn't have anybody in their 40s or 50s. And it was like, you know, early 30s and, and in their 20s were, were the next level of employees. And so uh, there's a big shift going on right now where you still have some companies that are still kind of led by the older generation. And then you got a lot of younger companies and, and private companies that have, you know, raised funds to go get into the oil and gas space. And like Ryan said, there's a huge difference in their attitude towards things, depending on the demographic of their leadership is what I've found. And, and I mean, that's natural, you know, that's, that's, if you look at who uses Bitcoin now, you would expect that from the companies. And so I, I think there's going to continue to be like this slow uh, adoption in the oil and gas space of Bitcoin mining. But before too long, I think you're going to see an explosion of it uh, where people are just diving in and, and no, they recognize the value that this can bring. As Ryan says, because of their asymmetrical risk profile, they should allocate a portion of their gas reserves to something like this. So it's, I think it's going to just continue to, to be a, a nice tide in our favor. Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned the having because I'm curious if you know I'm sure you obviously you've done the due diligence to know what that might mean for you for your own um, you know mining if you will but you know when you're working with these other companies is is that something you you know spend time with which with it which is giving them at least a primer on what that might mean, you know, when the having comes along and, and, you know, yeah, I mean, I think all you can really do is like, I think it's unfair to say that past performance is going to be, you know, what happens in the future. And so, and and I'm sure there's many people that are going to think completely differently than me here, but in my opinion, models are just models. And I look at them as astrology for Bitcoin users. Um, there's so many outside influences that can, you know, affect things. But at the end of the day, I think if you take a step back, I think everybody can agree that as more users use Bitcoin, as more miners mine Bitcoin and consume more power, the price basically has to go up in order for it to work. Um, At what pace or what scale that happens and whether it's on a set cycle, I don't buy into that necessarily. I get though that this, the having event has an influence on that. 
But um, as far as oil and gas companies go, like basically, you know, there's typically someone within the company that is the Bitcoin champion. And they're the ones that are going around and, you know, waving the flag to everybody and saying, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to try. And so you, you usually get into the room and you're not talking to 100% of people that know nothing about Bitcoin. There's usually the, you know, quote unquote, um, expert within the company that has already started orange pilling people, but he needs some help. And so that's kind of what we usually see is that people, you're not coming into it, you know, where it's just completely, you know, deer in the headlights, but you definitely are going into a lot more detail as to, you know, here's how the economics works. Here's how mining works. Here's, you know, walking through it all, because the last thing you want to do is someone to be under the assumption that like, let's say, you know, in November, December, hash, the hash rate index was say it hit 40 cents a terahash, you know, per day. And you're like, the last thing you want them to think is like, this is the economics of Bitcoin mining going forward. And so you have to explain it a little bit as well as to what, you know, the difficulty comes into account. You can't just look at price because you'll get people saying, well, you know, price was 30,000 and we were making this much and now it's 50,000. Mm -hmm. Why are we making less? And you have to kind of explain that to people. Yeah. I just, I just saw a tweet yesterday, I think that, that said, and, I unfortunately read a lot of headlines and obviously focus on other things, but I think it's the case that that the uh, difficulty adjustment is the highest that it's been, and you know, so and, and they expect it to go up even more. So it's just an interesting, um, you know, piece of information. Yeah, and that's something like Ryan said. Um, that's one of the biggest differences in trying to explain to somebody why they should invest in Bitcoin mining and why when you compare it to investing into like say an oil and gas well or a natural gas well, um, there is an additional factor in there beyond just the commodity price that you have to, you know, factor in, in, in your investment decision and your modeling and your numbers. So again, not to toot Ryan's horn too much. That's where, uh, he's as good as anybody I've ever seen at, at putting that stuff together. And, and it's also why we've strived to find places where, uh, we can have the cheapest, uh, what I, I called LOE as an oil and gas term, but lease operating expenses, but our OPEX, right? We want it to be the lowest power cost possible. And so, well, uh, and I see Guzman on here. Uh, so sh shout out to him and the Luxor guys, because oh, I point yeah. people to the hashrateindex.com website every single day. What's up, yeah. Guzman? That, by the way, just real quick, um, just want to take a quick break because we're a little bit over halfway through the hour. If you're in the audience and you've got some questions, we're, we're going to, uh, you know, I'm going to keep rolling with kind of an interview style until I can see that people have their hands up and then we'll, we'll, we'll start letting the audience ask the questions. But until we have that, I do have another question. I'm, you know, I think a lot of Bitcoiners, especially once they've gone down that rabbit hole and start studying economics and things like that, they, they, you know, they, they start thinking about things. And so I'm curious, um, you know, with the potential for interest rates to go up, if, if you think that that will have any impact on your growth, at least in, in that way. And then the, a follow on, I'll just ask them both now. I'm curious, without you having to share, obviously, any specifics more at a high level, um, how many, if any, of your 
you know, oil and gas customers are keeping at least a portion of the of the Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Yeah, so some of the groups that have invested, they're keeping a hundred percent of it right now. They're not they're not cashing any of it in. So, um, and, and I want to say, as far as we know, obviously they have the custody of it themselves. Um, but as far as I know, I think all of them are actually holding nearly a hundred percent of it. We've got we've got one client that that's cashing. cashing that's right. Out. We do have one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. That's right. Yeah, I mean, won. actually, that's actually, uh, you know, intriguing and interesting that that shows that they obviously have bought into the, you know, the only reason they would do that is at least I would argue at a company level is that they believe that, you know, number go up technology is in play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. They are one of these groups in particular, they wanted to come back where, you know, we're talking about doing another uh, larger scale deal with them as well. So, um yeah, there's, I mean, like Ryan said, there's some groups that just get it and they're ready to go and they have a guy in there or a lady in there that's going to be pushing for it and, and has really convinced management and uh, the decision makers that this is a direction to go and, and they get it and they're ready, they're ready to put more funds back into it. And they're the ones who you start realizing that right now is getting closer to the time where you want to make an investment in it. And, uh, other groups, you know, we've had some that we've been talking to and then you get the price downturn and they're just, they call you back and go, yeah, no, we can't do this. And it's like, man, you know, I know it might feel like backward thinking to them, but coming from the oil and gas space, you would think they would realize, look at where we were at in April of 2020 uh, on the oil, oil price side. We were at negative $43 at one point during the day. And uh, you know, you look at where we're at just two years later, not even two years later, and we're talking about 90 to a hundred dollar barrel oil. So seven year highs. Yeah. And so it's, you know, you, you got to get in when everybody else is scared and that's, that's the, the ones that understand that and they don't let the hype or the, the FUD kind of get to them. They realize it. They, they're looking at this from the long term, but, but they're also the ones who understand what Bitcoin is about and where it's going to naturally be in the future. And so, and you also yeah. have to understand within the oil and gas space too, they've had you get it, you know, significant. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I, I, there's a little delay, so I apologize. Go ahead, Ryan. Um, you have to understand too within the oil and gas space that, you know, over the last couple of years, the ESG rhetoric within the industry has severely um, hampered investment within the industry. Um, not only that, but then you compound, you know, as Justin mentioned, 2020 terrible oil prices, and you kind of hit a double negative on the oil and gas industry as to investment that was coming in. Obviously, prices change and people's attitudes towards investing in um, the oil and gas industries will change as well. But uh, it's still an industry that, you know, every dollar they're getting right now, you know, has to be extremely scrutinized and justified. And their core business model is producing oil and natural gas. And so, having them allocate any amount of capital to um, something that's outside of their core business model is extremely challenging for a lot of companies, whether they're private or whether they're a public company, because a public company, you know, their, their board members most likely aren't going to want it unless they are true believers of Bitcoin. And then on the private side, they've got to answer to, 
you know, to their LPs and everything. And most of them are saying, we didn't invest. If we wanted to invest in a Bitcoin mining company, we'd invest in it. We're investing in you because you're, a, you know, an oil and natural gas production company. And so that's definitely some of the challenges is that you need to have also align yourselves and find the companies that, that do have that, you know, certain percentage of capital that they can be creative with to, to provide additional revenue streams. Right. That's great. Well, I wanted to go back for a moment um, to ASICs and because I'm curious if you guys heard or saw the announcement that Intel is getting into uh, producing, you know, ASICs for Bitcoin mining um, and supposedly in February, they're going to be announcing more. Do you guys know anything about that announcement? Do you think it um, is meaningful in any way? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak much to it. I, other than seeing that, um, you know, Grid has signed up to be, you know, twenty five percent of all of their, yeah, you know, initial uh, initial off the lots. But no, I think it's a. I don't see it being a bad thing. I think having you know American manufacturing or at least um, you know something more based over here could definitely help. Um, the way I look at it, the thing that bothers me within the industry is pricing ASICs based on you know, the market price of Bitcoin versus manufacturers being happy and consistent with or happy with a consistent um, markup basically on their price. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people can debate it and everything. But I think that's the one thing that definitely bothers me in a short term, potentially volatile industry is that it does scare off a lot of new investment. Um, we've seen it both sides. So Justin and I, one of our very first deals we had ready to go was on a 10 megawatt site where we had S19s for like $2,800 a piece. <laughs> and the price of Bitcoin, you know, uh, went up about 30% during the course of the negotiations and everything going on. And so, you know, they're up into the high threes, low fours, and they go, look, guys, we, it's too volatile for us. We don't want it. And it's like, well, you know, they've approached us months later i mean like if we would have just bought that we could have 5x you know off of our initial investment just on minor purchases and so and we've seen it work the other way too where bitcoin price goes down and people that we were you know ready to close deals with and they're we're ready to actually procure asics with go no we can't do it anymore it's just bitcoin prices dropped and obviously that one makes a lot of sense too where they go bitcoin prices dropped we just don't want to get into it too and so i think if there was like a more structured standard markup amongst the manufacturers you could get a lot of people that aren't already in this in the industry feeling more comfortable with their purchases but that's just my opinion yeah i mean there's got to be a certain level of conviction i guess right for some of those it some of those things to not potentially deter your customers in, in some cases they're going to have to already know some of the value propositions and some of the and, and probably have to understand that volatility is the price you pay for the for the uh you know eventual upward move that we all expect bitcoin to make yeah no i agree with that and it's just good to get some competition too um, like ryan totally. said we need some u.s manufacturers stepping up and and getting into the space um gives more credibility to it too uh, that's one of the things we we deal with is you know um people get concerned with investing uh, in, in China, right? And knowing that your 90% of your cost, your capital cost is coming from 
uh, manufacturers in China that don't have a presence here gives people uh, concern when you're talking about investing at like an institutional level of capital. So um, it's that I think it's going to be nothing but good for the industry, to be honest. So I'm curious, uh, got at least two other questions and we'll, uh, I'll try to make, I mean, we're, we're getting really close to the top of the hour. Uh, uh, I guess the next one that I have is related to what you were just mentioning when it comes to facilities, your own or those that you end up maintaining for these oil and gas companies that you, you know, end up partnering with, you know, how do you deal with the maintenance issues? Do you buy spare parts ahead of times? Do you buy whole machines that you swap out? I'm just curious how that generally looks. I'm sure there are variations of that. Yeah, it's definitely variations. We have um, machines in inventory. Like that's one thing that's nice about being a self miner is that you have, you know, your own machines running as well. Um, but yeah, and then we, obviously we do have spare parts inventory, and then we also have relationships with you know some repair facilities too that we have had to send some some equipment off to um, if we can't take care of it. And so it's kind of a combination of all things. But um, the one thing that is kind of nice in the oil and gas industry is that typically most oil and gas sites are visited every single day, if not already manned 24 seven, um, depending on what type of facility it is. And so we often have eyes and ears on the ground um, for routine everyday things. And it isn't until, you know, scheduled maintenance or, you know, unforeseen circumstances that we really will be more so on an on-call basis. That's great. Well, kind of like the, maybe this will end up being the last question or it probably won't take us 10 minutes to go through this, but I'm curious. I think most Bitcoiners um, have come to know, you know, Cynthia Loomis because she's obviously from Wyoming and, you know, since you guys are, have a presence there and, and, you know, a big proponent of Bitcoin, I'm just curious, you know, for one, have you ever met her and, you know, uh, just your thoughts about her support in general of Bitcoin and, and maybe mining in specific? I don't know a lot about um, things other than what you, you know, see in, in on Twitter and YouTube and that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have met her. She's she's wonderful. Um, I know a lot of her staff. And, and when I say I, Justin as well, knows a lot of her staff. We stay in very close contact with them on many different projects and ideas and things that can help the state, can help the university, can help um, Bitcoin in general. Um, so, no, we've got nothing but absolutely positive things to say. And um, that, that's really, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, she's a, she's a big supporter. And we're glad somebody's getting a voice in there. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of folks do not want to involve Bitcoin with politics, but I think it's unavoidable. And we wish it was an apolitical issue, but um, I think that what we've seen happen in the oil and gas space over the last 15 to 20 years with the uh, really kind of getting attacked from all kinds of political fronts, we don't want to sit back as miners or as Bitcoin proponents and watch that happen to our industry. And so we, especially, you know, I know Ryan and myself believe that uh, we need to make sure that everybody is getting out and voicing their concerns and voicing their opinions with you know their local congressmen, their state, federal level uh, po- politicians, and uh, make sure that everybody knows that this is a big issue. And I, I really think that it's a uh, 
uh, it's going to turn out to eventually be like a single issue voter type of, of constituency. And I think that the politicians would be wise to tie themselves to it like Cynthia Lomas has done. And, uh, you know, there's, there, there's more and more that are realizing the potential of Bitcoin. And, uh, in fact, I saw something, I can't remember what state it was. I think it's Arizona that is, yeah. uh, trying to move for legal Bitcoin t- to be legal tender. Yeah. So, and mm-hmm. Arizona is yeah. a little bit ahead because uh, mm-hmm. they supposedly already have a document written up, but Don Huffines, you know, running, uh, you know, as an opponent, he's said that he also is for making Bitcoin legal tender in Texas. That's, that's I actually had that on my list. I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you guys maybe what you thought about that. It's been a big buzz on Twitter because there's, I think, a lot of questions about what what can actually be done, you know, yeah, at state yeah. level, or or maybe it's just if nothing else, it'll be good uh, uh, marketing, if you will. For yeah, big- yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with what you just said. I think there's going to be some legal issues around that that um, may prohibit that from being able to happen quickly. But it does show the, the groundswell of support and what a eventual political behemoth Bitcoin will be. And uh, that people in states and governors and, and state legislatures are recognizing that, look, this is an opportunity right now to really uh identify themselves with bitcoin and i think you're seeing even even some folks on the on the democratic side of the aisle are also starting to step up and realize that hey this is something that um we like and it really like i said it should be an apolitical issue because i think bitcoin really can uh from the political side it's it is supportive of the agendas or the stated agendas of of both parties and, you know, the ESG side of things, Bitcoin mining is a huge boom for for renewable projects and it can make them profitable from day one. And it encourages the expansion of the grid through renewable sources because of what it can do from day one. And so and it provides a base load and grid stability. And it, as you know, Shane, being from Texas, well, we had it happen in Winterstorm Uri last year. Yeah. We had 276 people die. And. If you look at that from the standpoint of what really happened and what what did happen was you had a demand that went so high in such a short period of time that there was not enough power that could come onto the grid in a fast enough time to stay within that Hertz tolerance level that's required. And when that happened, that nearly caused complete grid failure, which would have been even more catastrophic than it was already. And so this becomes like a humanitarian type of issue and not just a economic one or a financial one or just having some bitcoin fanatics and whatnot it's it's a legitimate uh solution to a legitimate problem that is only going to continue to grow as populations grow and as you know some states are getting bombarded with with people moving in like texas and uh you're going to need more grid infrastructure and grid stability and instead of building some peaker plants that are going to cost a billion dollars each and only run two to three percent of the year at the high side. Why are you not encouraging private businesses to come and create jobs, increase tax basis and revenues, and and provide a service that is much cheaper on the end consumer than what it would be to bring in some peaker plant type solutions? Right. Yep. Those are all great comments and just 
one other quick thing, you know, with regards to the uh, legal tender thing, it kind of came to my mind today. And, you know, Justin, I think it was you that mentioned that you orange peeled Ryan or I might have it backwards, but I think that, <laughs> I, think I think he orange peeled himself, but okay. I, I dropped him. I dropped the pills for him though. Right. I just think that even if it's nothing other than marketing, you know, I think that um, even the discussion of it and even if it's quote unquote on the books, you know, that is maybe another thing that we can use to orange pill our friends and families and others, you know, uh, another talking point. Um, it certainly shows that, that, um, you know, there are people that at, at the highest levels, at least in state government, you know, think that it's an important thing. So those are all, in my opinion, you know, helpful talking points when we're trying to uh, encourage others to look at Bitcoin. Yeah, I agree. I did I agree. have one other question, and I think this will be the final question. And then we'll we'll ask the audience one more time if the, if they have questions or want to come up. I'm curious your thoughts. And again, it's just a transparent question. Don't want to paint you in a corner, so answer it however you want. I'm curious what you guys think about the North American Mining Council. You know, I don't honestly know a lot about it. I don't follow it a lot. I just know that, you know, Michael Saylor's involved. I honestly don't even know which. Uh, I know, the, of course, the bigger mining companies are in it. But what do you guys think about that organization? Are you involved in it in any way? We're not involved in it. Um, but, you know, I I don't think it's been around long enough to have um, a decision one way or the other. Um, I think that it goes to part of the uh, attempt to make sure that we're not sitting back idly and letting uh, you know pr- outside pe- people that are outside of this industry dictate what's going to happen with this industry. And I think that they're trying to do a good job of combating that the rhetoric on on the uh, ESG front. Um, so I think there's there's probably a lot of good that can come from it. Um, we want to make sure it doesn't turn into something that is just catering to, uh, you know, renewable only type uh, options because, you know, I, I personally do have a lot of uh, issues with how things are calculated on that front as far as the emission scales and like scope one, scope two, scope three type emissions. Um, I, I don't think it's when you're building renewable infrastructure from fossil fuel you know, uh, use, then how are you, you know, you're not truly that clean, right? You still right. are utilizing the fossil fuel to build out that infrastructure. And so I don't want it to turn into one thing that is just catering, which I don't think it has. And I don't think that's the intention. So I think there's some good that will come from it. And, and I think that making sure that people have a voice from our, our industry is, is probably a good thing. Yeah, I don't think I can say too much differently on that. I think I probably take, you know, a pretty hard stance too on kind of what Justin mentioned at the end is to, you know, my whole career being in oil and gas operations and obviously in the oil and gas industry, even growing up in it, um, I have been a, a, a massive advocate and champion for the industry and the prosperity that it brings, you know, the entire globe. And I think that, uh, over the course of time, the oil industry has done a very poor job of ensuring people that and letting them understand what the oil and gas industry actually brings to people in their everyday life. And so I do also agree that um, my concern with the Bitcoin Mining Council, if there is one, would be, you know, 
again, only pushing a renewable front when um, I'll be the first one to stand in line that I am 100% pro-fossil fuel, and you could never convince me otherwise. Yep, those are, those are great perspectives. I appreciate it. We, we are at the top of the hour, and I want to honor that you guys have need to participate in, in something coming up. So I do want to thank you, Justin and Ryan, for joining us. Um, you know, maybe we do another show and uh, talk about what you're doing on grid and, and, and maybe make that one about yeah. what you're doing in Texas. I would love to do that if we can work it out with your schedule and log. Um, and I just want to, is there any final words, Justin or Ryan, that you want to uh, share any parting thoughts? No, we no. appreciate the time and getting us yeah. on here. Um, it's yeah. been a good discussion. I agree. I think there's, we could probably continue to go on and on about it. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah we could talk all night and, um, but yeah, it's, yeah, we're just happy to be in this industry and happy to see the growth that's happening and, and yeah, it's just exciting. It's fun and feel really blessed to get the opportunity to do it. Definitely. Well, I'll just say to the audience, um, if you're interested in Bitcoin mining in any way, go, go follow Justin and Ryan, go follow their, um, J A I energy, um, Twitter as well. Follow them, see what's going on. Log, uh, um, do you want to close this out in any particular way? Uh, if you want to um, extend a discussion with, uh, if there's an audience interested in discussing uh, okay. after uh, Ryan and Justin leave, that, that's fine. Otherwise, we can wrap it up. Okay. Well, um, Justin, Ryan, you're obviously welcome to hang around. I guess we will see if the uh, if any of the audience wants to come up and discuss what they've heard. Um, if, you know, those of you that are in the audience, raise your hand to speak if you want. Um, if no, not, uh, right. Sovereign Stoics uh, mining space, weekly mining space begins now. So okay. probably people who are interested in this topic uh, are, more, are more likely to want to go over there. So maybe we do just uh, wrap it up early. I, I usually somebody jumped up, so maybe we can, uh, or, or two, you can, uh, see what, what questions they might have. But yeah, Ryan and, and Justin, we're, we're not expecting you to stay. Well, thanks guys for having us. And uh, yeah, if anybody even, if they ever want have any questions, feel free to contact us and shoot us a DM or something. We'll, uh, we'll try to get back to you. We'll definitely do it. Thanks. Thanks you guys. Yeah. Hey, uh, plus two, three, four, like, like log just said, we'll certainly allow you to talk, but there's a, a, in a, in a sense, maybe a continuation of the discussion, if you will, um, in a more specific space. But what's going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, I just want to say, I also want to shout out to both of the guys who were on, who were on, uh, just giving us their the best just now. Um, they they've been an inspiration. I was going to ask them uh, a lot of questions because I was thinking of getting into this. I'm from Nigeria, by the way. I'm from the Niger Delta, and I was thinking of setting up something close to what they're doing with uh, the oil the oil guy and gas guys in my neighborhood um, for the community. Well, hey, I'm still on here, man. Uh, shoot me, if, if you guys want to close up shop, shoot me a DM and I'll, uh, I'll follow up with you. Awesome. I'll do that right away. Thanks, man. All right, man. Hey, I lived with a family from Cameroon, Africa for a year, man, so I'm, I'm very partial to uh, – to the Nigerians and Cameroonians over there. Right, 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 right. We're very yeah. close. Yeah, good, good, good. Nice one. All right, Th man. Thanks, Coming guys. on there. Um, Amandi, what's going on? You're up if you've got a question. 
Hi. Thank you, guys. Uh, my question is for Justin. I also want to start the mining. So, what should I supposed to do? Well, I tell you, the first thing you need to find an energy source that's going to keep you competitive. So, trying to stay under, you know, if you can get something five cents a kilowatt and under, you're going to be in pretty good shape for a while. Um, what kind of scale are you talking about? I don't know about anything. I just I want to start it. I'm I'm in Canada. Oh, you're in Canada. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now I would tell you, man, finding an energy source, if you're wanting mm. to do it on a big scale, is going to be the hardest part of, about it. Um, if you're talking about, you know, trying to get into to mining just for a couple of machines and something like that, I would, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to just find the cheapest, you know, the cheapest, best machines you can, which I know that sounds, that's probably a, a <laughs> tough thing to do, but um find some machines and and get after it join a nice little pool and and just start hashing away but um if you're talking about doing something on scale uh finding a a source of energy whether it be natural gas whether it be a a on-grid opportunity or uh, whatever it may be a solar wind whatever it may be the biggest key is your capital entry and the operating expenses on a monthly basis which basically boiling down to what are you getting your power for? And uh, yeah, like I said, if you can get five cents or under, you're going to be in pretty good shape for a long time, in my opinion. Um, but uh, you start getting above that. I don't know if you'd want to do it on a big scale just because it's a lot of capital with uh, where you're going to start getting outside of the extremely competitive range. And, you know, our substation power we're going to have down there, I think the weighted average for the contract is one point six to 1.9 cents i'd have to go back and look for 10 years and so that's that is very very competitive obviously we don't know that (laughs) yeah so um it's a great opportunity right we're we're super blessed to have that but um that that's that's what you would end up competing against if you're building something out and uh you know that that's going to be tough if you put a bunch of capital in something where you're sitting at five six seven cents and then prices, you know, continue to drop, or the hash rate difficulty, can, the network difficulty continues to escalate, which I do anticipate it doing. Uh, then you're you're going to get in a situation before too long where you could be in some trouble. And um, you know, we've seen that happen to miners over the past. Uh, you, people always want to get in when prices are going nuts, and um, it's exciting times. But one of the things that I do give Warren Buffett credit for is you get in when people when everybody's bleeding in the streets and they're fearful that's probably when you need to get into it and so um you know right now there's been a lot of blood over the last you know month two months i guess and um a lot of fear building and things like that and i think we're getting closer to a point where it's like hey we're starting to see minor prices decline this might be getting close to the time where you do make a jump and, and go after something so um we we lucked out really on our timing and um we got going because like ryan said the oil prices dropped so much that kind of make you start thinking about what else you want to do um and it just worked out that we got in when we got in uh so you know it's tough to break in but it's like i was saying just you got to go for it man if you got a dream and you got something you want to do just don't stop Go try to do it and figure out a way. And I'll tell you, step number one: find the cheapest power power price you can.
Thank you, Justin. Thanks for the honest review, man. That's what I was concerned about. Thank mm-hmm. you, man. Yeah, no Stop problem. Yeah, thanks, Justin, for hanging back and answering those questions. Yep, no problem, man. You guys, uh, you guys take care. Seriously, if anybody wants to reach out, just give me a shout. Thanks again. All right. Well, thank, thank you, I think we'll. I think we'll go ahead and um, call it call it a show. And uh, as as you all know, there's almost always something going on. So um, lots of spaces on mining. This this was a great um, opportunity. But um, you know, get out there on spaces. There's always something going on. More to learn. And um, I would say while you're contemplating mining, which I've got the itch as well, don't, I would just suggest that you not stop let that stop you from accumulating bitcoin by just buying it you know and um go for it (laughs) all right well that i think we'll shut her down thanks everyone for joining and we'll catch you on the next one awesome thanks shane uh love the love having these guys on and i'll see you uh next space definitely all right bye thank you shane